0: Well, hello and welcome to Living Hope. Glad that all of you can join us today. You know, may God go and bless you wherever you are worshiping with us, and also Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. You know, it is a special day. You know, we are continuing in our stay-at-home season, and we're slowly opening up our cities. You know, I know the fact that many of you are dealing with maybe some issues, maybe a loss of a job, possibly a drop in income. Maybe just trying to take care of your kids right now. And maybe possibly just can't be able to see the loved ones that we want. And there's just so much more. You know, they say that we are living in unprecedented times. And we are. You know, the world is different today because, I mean, we're trying to figure out how to fight this virus. But at the same time, we're trying to figure out how to stay safe. You know, my wife says it this way. She says, it is hard right now when you don't understand or you don't know much. Because, you know what, who do you trust during this time? You know, there are many opinions and and commentaries are going on right now. The news media is giving us information. They're feeding us information based on their biases. Our friends and family are sending us all of these links of all the things of what they think. And then we are, at the same time, we are going and, um, you know, researching, trying to figure out what is our stance in this whole thing so so that we can respond to this whole time. You know, some of us say in the fact that we need to stay home because we have to stay safe. And some of us are saying, we can't stay home any longer because I'm about to go and lose my home. You know, it's hard right now when you don't know much. Who can we trust? You know, um, we've been in a series called Why We Believe. And I wanted to take this time to encourage you. If you are a Christian, or maybe you're someone who maybe, you know, you're not a believer yet. The fact that there is a God that is willing to be known to us, that he wants to come and be our help and also give us hope during this time. And that he has a better way in in the fact of how we can respond to our times, to the problems and to the doubts in which we are going through right now. You know, he has it already solved. And he's willing to give us hope. And it is found in the word of God. And, you know, we have it on our tablets. We have it in in our Bibles and everything. And it's available to us. And he knows what you're going through right now. And he's willing to give us hope. You know, every single problem maybe you're facing right now has already been mentioned within this thing called the word of God. The holy Bible. And that, that these people have maybe faced the same problems we're going through right now. And then maybe they've left us a few clues along the way, and maybe along the way we'll find this thing called hope. And I'm hoping that all of us find this one thing, that we will find Jesus along the way. You know, I wanted to let you know as we start today that I didn't come from a Christian home. You know, I became a Christian in my sophomore year in college. And so this whole religious stuff, knowing God, I mean, I didn't grow up with any of this stuff. Even my mom, she was the president of the Korean Buddhist temple um, in Hawaii during that time. In fact, my mom helped, the large, helped to build the largest Korean Buddhist temple in all of the Pacific Rim. But you know what? At the same time, my mom, you know, she, you know, she lived her life a certain way. And at the same time, my dad, he was a non-practicing Catholic and, you know, he, he hasn't been to the church in a long time. You know, so when I did become a Christian in my sophomore year, I, I would say the fact that even though I didn't know every, anything, a lot of things about God, everything changed. You know, but, you know, because today is Mother's Day, I don't really want to get into my story. I am today going to be sharing with you a little bit about my mom's story, very short, and how she came to know God and how she came to trust God and how she's able to go and receive him in her life. But before I go and do that, I wanna tell you a little bit um, of some things that maybe we have to learn ahead of time. So maybe we can start this journey together and how we can learn to go and maybe know God a little bit more. And maybe trust him a little bit more for ourselves. And for these times, maybe we need to go and have and figure out where he's at in our lives right now. But today, I wanna to answer this one question. It sounds like two. And this one question is this, can we really know and trust God and why we can't? You know, can we really know this God and trust him and, and why is it that we can't know him and why we can't trust him today? So once you open up your Bibles, it's going to be in Corinthians 10 verses 1 to three. Oh, is that my mic right there? Is that better? Okay, that's good. You know, so um, so it's going to be 1 Corinthians chapter thirteen, verses one, um, verses one to thirteen. So I'm going to give you a little bit of context in this as you're turning there, that there is um, the Apostle Paul who wrote this Bible, and you know, who wrote this book, and he is speaking to Christians, but he's not just addressing Christians. He's also addressing this other group, and this other group is um, they believed that God did not create all things, didn't create anything. And so he's talking to these two groups. One is Christians, and the other one, this group is called Gnostics. And these Gnostics believe that the story of the Bible, of the creation story, is all a lie, that God is not the one who created everything. He is not the one responsible for the creation of the world, or at least not directly. And they claim that, you know what, this evidence of what you can, the evidence that they point to is as you observe the world, you see the tragedy that is happening in the world. You see all of the evil and even the imperfections of the world. And all of a sudden, you know what? You say, they would say, you know what? God, didn't, God would never have created it in the first place. And so the liberties and also the freedoms that we're able to experience today is not dependent upon God. But it is actually dependent upon ourselves. So why don't we read from verse 1. And it says this. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and they, they passed through the sea. And, you know, it was during this time that he's kind of taken them back to the past and how God has worked in their life and how God has worked through nature, but also spiritually. And the fact that they were all baptized into Moses and in the cloud and in the sea. And they all ate the spiritual food and drank the spiritual drink and they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And then he brings them back into the present that that rock that, they, that provided for them all these years in the past was actually Christ himself. Well, ne- nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. And then he goes on and he talks about how they were not able to really know God. They said, now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on, setting, from setting our hearts on, on evil things as they did. He talks about idlers, do not be idlers as some of them were, as it were written, the people who sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Another is the fact that they should not commit spiritual immorality as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 of them died. Another thing is that we should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes. And it says, do not grumble, and we should never grumble, but some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. And those are some of the things of examples that maybe we should not do. Then he sums this all up in verse 11. And he says, you know what? These things happened to them as examples, and were written down as warnings to us, on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So if you think that you're standing firm, and I know a lot of us don't feel like we're standing firm right now, be careful that you do not fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. And God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure. You know, from God's word, we see the fact that God wants to be our help, that he wants to be our provider, that he wants to go and help us to endure. And at the same time, the fact that we have to get to know him. So how do we get to know and trust God during even these times. And so if you have your notes, and most likely the people online have given you a link and you can take, your look, take a look at those notes. You know, one of the greatest things about God is the fact that as far away as we might be, that he, is, he comes to go and meet us where we are at. And it starts off with really, he meets you at your story. He meets us where we are at. And getting to know God, we realize the fact that, you know what? many times we have our own worldview, we have our point of view, we have our own convictions. And in today's world, it seems as if people say that truth is relative, the fact that truth is gray. It really depends on your perspective, it depends upon your conviction, it it depends on your point of view. And um, thinking about that, is truth really relative? And I would have to say, I agree with the caveat in this. And the fact that I would have to say that That's how the world runs today, and that's what they believe to be true. And in a world that is without God, everything is relative, because you know why? We set ourselves as a standard of truth. You know, why is everything so relative? Well, let me give you three reasons why there's so many points of view. You know, Pastor Steve last week talked about science, and depending on the information and the facts you give, you could say that There's a reasonable thing to say that there is no God and it's reasonable to say that there is a God. And so there's things of intellectual knowledge, information and facts, and I'll give you two more. And that is social knowledge and also personal knowledge. You know, social knowledge is cultural relativism. Um, Personal knowledge is our personal experiences. You know, when we talk about intelligence knowledge, it really is the information and the facts. And it really depends on how you want to use it to make the best case. But also there's this thing of social knowledge where we talk about like in a sense of social tension that we see in our world today depending on the faction that you belong to, what group you belong to, what gang you belong to. We don't want to say gangs. But at the same time, you know what? There's this tension that's in our culture today and we are trying to figure out this sense of where morality comes from. And we, but we, we want to belong to each, you know, one group or another. Now, we see this in the news, and we say, never talk about politics, but it's been so obvious that I thought when they got voted in, they'd bring down their party lines. But all of a sudden, we realized that we have the Democrats and the Republicans, Right? they have these groupings, and they want to be known as a Democrat. They want to be known as a Republican, and so what they do is they have to vote a certain way. There's a tension, social tension that's there, even if they agreed about the facts. Even if they kind of agree, but they kind of skew it in such a way in the fact that they vote one way or another. And then we also have this thing called personal knowledge or personal experience. Based on your good and bad experiences. Based on your own conscience of what you feel is right and what is wrong. And also when we think about our goals, we have, when we think what is our purpose here in life? What is our goals, our hopes, and our dreams? And it drives us to make certain types of decisions. And a conviction or point of view is actually based on all three. You know, based on the knowledge that, we, that we, we acquire, based on the social knowledge and the attention that we have there, and then also based on our own personal knowledge, our experiences. And we say, this is what I believe, this is what I believe to be true. And so convictions are built on all three. But at the same time, when I was thinking about it, You know, we built, maybe built in all three, but when we defend it, when someone's against it, we normally just use one. You know, let's take something like personal experience. You know, I would say like, man, I went to this restaurant, they said it was good, but you know what, when I came home, I had the worst food poisoning ever. I mean, I was just absolutely sick. And then all of a sudden, a week later, my friends called me up, my good friends, they said, hey, we saw on Yelp incredible reviews. I mean, 10,000 people have viewed it and and put their opinions, five stars. It's the best place that you could ever go to. And we're gonna be there. We're gonna have so much fun. But based on your personal experience, you're gonna say, I'm not gonna go. I'm never gonna go there again. And we can do that the same way with God. You know, maybe we've been to church before and we've said, you know, I like what they have to say. There's actually good things of how to live. And maybe we can say, you know, I like those Christian people in general. I mean, I like the fact that they feed the homeless, they do some things on the side, and they they treat people pretty nice. But my personal experience is the fact that I've been to a church and I don't know, I just, there's something or this pastor did something to me or maybe one member within them, they, they call themselves a Christian and, and you worked with them and they said, man, you know what? Based on personal experience, I would never want to believe in God. I would never go to their church. Even though the other two might be correct. And so we build convictions on all three, but we tend to defend on one. And so in a world without God, everything is relative. And because, you know what? We set ourselves st- as a standard of truth. But I believe that There is a God. I believe the fact that he has created all things. And I believe that there is a standard that is beyond our own. You know, God, he wants to meet us where we are at. And so it starts with your story. And what I'm asking for today is this. That you would, you know, God reveals himself to us. Would you be willing to go and listen to his story, to God's story? And the fact that, you know, God's story is the fact that he reveals himself to us in many ways. I made this slide and it says that God can be known and as I was putting it together, I actually, I thought it was quite interesting. And this one, and on this one um, thing I saw, you know how we make our convictions and I placed it on the side and how God actually speaks to us or reveals himself to us. That's exactly what God does. He reveals himself in a sense where number one, It's like there's general revelation, indirect revelation, and there's this special revelation where God directly speaks to us. Well, there's a thing where God speaks to us in the natural world. You know, in science, they said you got to observe the world to see what's true. You know, it says the fact that as you observe the world, you cannot help but even think. The fact that, you know, there must be an intelligent designer behind this whole thing, really. The fact that it couldn't have been by chance at all. That when you see a sunset, when you go and see the marvels of the world, you can't help but believe. In Psalms 19.1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. And God is seen through the natural world. But not only that, but also his attributes, his character of who he is. When we think about morality, when we think about our conscience, when we think about goodness, God speaks that way also. In Romans 1.20, it reads, for his invisible attributes, namely his internal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and in the things that have been made, that they are without excuse. When we think about morality, we think about, is it set by culture? but we realize the fact that there's something beyond what is setting morality. When we think about our conscience and we're thinking what we think is right and wrong and we're wondering where is that from? Is it from our parents? I believe the fact that it's beyond that, that God kind of sets and he kind of speaks to our conscience. And also when you think about goodness, you think, well, there's Christians and non-Christians that, do, that both do good, and that's true. And what I'm just saying and just appealing to you, that maybe possibly that God is revealing himself even through goodness, that maybe it was inspired by God, so that way we could actually see goodness today here on earth. You know, I also put down this thing about scriptures, and we've talked about the word of God, how important the word of God is. But the word of God, sometimes they look at, and I, I put it at the bottom of the list because I think it's kind of pretty special, that as Christians, we believe that is a supernatural work of God, that he has... He has spoken to the writers themselves through the Holy Spirit, that the words that we read today are actually penned, was spoken by God himself. You know, um, in the scriptures, we know the fact that God has done some special things, and I'll talk to you more about that, but it is a special work of God. And when it comes to special revelation, we call that direct revelation, where God speaks to us directly, which is kind of phenomenal is the fact that he could actually speak, and the Bible talks about where he speaks to people within their dreams and visions, and maybe possibly the fact that God could speak to us within our dreams and our visions that of, of, our, of things that we hope for. You know, things that he speaks through miracles, and there are things even in the Bible, we see these healings that happen, of healings of limbs and healings of sight and hearing, but we hear of, of miracles even today. There was one time I was actually gone and um, I was walking in a crosswalk. I was doing the right thing and I was hit by a car on New Year's Eve a while back while I was in college. Boom! Car hits me. Guy was just excited about the new year coming. Well, my new year started with me going to the hospital. Paramedics had gone and cut my pants because they said that I had broken my leg. I went there and all of a sudden the doctor came. He says, Son, I just want to let you know, you know, after the x-rays, you're going to be okay. But if we want to ask you a question. We all came in here because we want to ask, did you ever break your leg before? I said, never broke my leg. Because I, we just wanted to show you that here, that when we looked at your leg, there seems to be all of these fractures that are here healed, but they're actually, they're healed now. And so we just wanted to ask you about that. now. Could God work in that? I'm just saying maybe possibly that God reveals himself even through miracles today. And when we talk about prophecies, you know, the way I'm gonna use it today is this, as simple, that maybe there is a friend or someone just comes alongside and gives you a timely word, maybe a word of encouragement, maybe just that timely word of just confirmation of something that you needed to hear just at that right moment. That they said he us, I don't know why you said that, but that's exactly what I needed to hear. And in God's story and the fact that he reveals himself to us all the time in our past, I believe also in our presence. And the fact that he wants to work together so that way we can have a future together. You know, so revelation really is about revealing truth. You know, but I would say this. is the fact that the ultimate revelation of God is Jesus Christ himself that God so loved the world that he sent his only son to come to earth, that God became man to go and live among us, to go and just be able to go through the things, the troubles, the heartaches, everything that we go through here on earth. But he didn't just understand that, but he'll ultimately die on the cross for our sins. And not just die for our sins, but he, he would actually rise again on the third day, the Easter story. And the fact he had rise again, proving the fact that he had conquered death, that he had conquered sin. And now we can have a relationship with him. And I believe that that is just the ultimate revelation. I'm, I'm hoping that we all come to that point. And the fact that we will receive Jesus and know Jesus in our lives. In 1 John 1.14 it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And in a supernatural way, God is trying to work within our lives. He's trying to work with our present, right now, all the things that we're going through. And that is revealed through Jesus Christ. But I I wanted to share a little bit about my mom's story too. You know, it starts off with her story. You know, my mom um, grew up in Korea she was born and raised in Korea one of five kids um, my grandmother basically um, had to raise all five kids on her own because um, my grandfather actually passed away when my mom was still only in high school but my mom worked really hard and she she ended up going to a school called Iwa University it's an all-woman's university like one of the top universities there and my mom's super, she works really hard, but she's super smart in a sense where she, um, she graduated number one in her class. Super smart. And at the same time, she was a contemporary woman, very modernized woman. She majored in political science back then. And she would tell me that when she went to school, that she was required to go and read the Bible, to go and read through it and go to these, thing, this, these chapel things once in a while. She learned a lot about God, but she didn't really want to get to know him. And all of a sudden, she got married to my dad, and so she moved to Hawaii. And because of the fact that she spoke mostly Korean, um, she wasn't able to go and really speak her heart language. She wasn't able to go and really talk to people. But then all of a sudden, there were some other Koreans that came, and, and they spoke her heart language, and they just happened to be Buddhists. And so she decided to become a Korean Buddhist. And so she started believing in that and she enjoyed that for many years. And then I messed it up because I was born. And then all of a sudden I became a Christian. Kind of kind of ruffled our whole household because I believed that Jesus was alive. <laughs> I believed that Jesus kind of God created all things. And so we had many debates. And we, we lived through that for a long time. And um, but I found myself where she thought I was kind of weird, kind of strange. But I had to move to seminary, you know, move to California to come here to go, go to seminary. And when I was there, I had found the love of my life. I found my, my wife, Irina. You know, she is from Russia. Her first language is, from, is, is Russian and all these things. She learned some English on the, along the way so we were able to kind of communicate. And so I was so excited so I called up my mom and I said, Mom, I found someone. And her first response was, so, is it a guy or a girl? And she's thinking, what? And I'm thinking, what, what, what? Guy or girl? It's a girl, mom. It's a girl. The reason why is this because when I received Christ in my sophomore year, I was actually dating someone. As soon as I became a Christian, I went and broke up with her because I needed to walk with God. And all of a sudden, I didn't date for like eight, 10 years or something. And, and then all of a sudden, I, started, I grabbed the guitar and I started singing these love songs to this guy named Jesus. My friends would come over, girls and guys, and we would sing these love songs to this guy named Jesus. The girls would leave, the guys would stay. And all of a sudden, you know what, before the guys left, we would hug each other and tell them how much we loved each other. And her experience of what Christians were, she thought it was quite strange. And so when she asked me, is it a girl or a guy, I, she was actually asking, uh, she was earnest about it because she didn't really understand this whole thing. And I said, no, 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 it's a girl. She flew over, met Irina. And you know, one thing is the fact that she spoke her first language is Russian. She learned English in school, but she actually knew Korean. And the way that she learned Korean was she learned it by going and watching Korean dramas on TV here in Los Angeles and learned Korean. She thought it was an absolute miracle that she was able to do that. You know, one thing that my mom never told any of us, is that she had this one hope, this one dream, that when I got married, that I would marry someone who could speak her heart language. And she took it as if somehow God was speaking to her, was revealing himself to her. She went back home, and, you know, I, I had prayed before that, God, you know, I know I'm, your, I'm her son. She'll never listen to me. I would I actually prayed before I left for Los Angeles. Like, God, can you show maybe some people that she knows that are Christian too. When she went back home, people came out of the woodworks and started sharing the fact that they were Christians and they would been friends with her all these years, even since the university, but they've been wanting to share that they were a Christian and they wanted to share about who Jesus Christ was. And all of a sudden, so her experiences, her social networks, and then all of a sudden, she went to a Christian camp, she wanted to find out more because she needed to know more. And all of a sudden, she learned to not only know him, but to trust him and receive him in her life. And now she tells me that I need to go to church more often than I am right now. I, I said, mom, I'm a pastor, okay? I'm a pastor, I go to church many times. And that's it happened. But that's my mom's story, and she's actually, she was able to go and understand God's story. But I wanted to ask you this. Is the fact that when, she, when God revealed himself, number three is this, would you be willing to build a new story? that you'd be willing to take what my mom did was called a leap of faith and you're thinking a leap of faith i mean that's like a whole religious thing right i mean it's like you know this whole thing of religious of things about taking leaps of faith but i think in all of life we are to take leaps of faith you know the science right now and the medicines are saying we we might be able to find a vaccine and this vaccine actually might work so they're actually producing this vaccine right now in high quantity out of a leap of faith. They're not too sure. They're still experimenting with it right now, but they're going to take a leap of faith. And what I'm asking is the fact that, you know, when it comes to trusting God, knowing God, belief in God, that you'll be willing to take a leap of faith with him today, wherever you're at, with your doubts, with your frustration, you know, of all those things. Let me tell you why we can't know God. And I'll tell you very quickly. I know we have to end real quick. You know, one thing is the fact that many times we just cling on to our own convictions. We cling on to our own points of view. And that's why we're not willing to take a leap of faith. You know, in verse six, 6 to 10, it talks about idlers. And the fact that we want to keep ourselves first and not God. When it talks about sexual immorality or fornication, it actually means things about selling off. That we're willing to go and sell off who we could be for God for so that way we can get you know, very quickly our own desires and our own needs met. When we talk about testing Christ, you know, many times we just want to have our own freedoms and liberties, and we try to stay as far away and test God to see how far away we can get away from him. When it comes to going and grumbling, and grumbling is never good, but you know what, when God shows up, when God reveals himself, we just grumble because we don't like the way he, he shows himself and what He maybe he provides You know, we want to cling to what we have, and we're not willing to go and take a leap of faith with God. And so what I'm asking of today is this, that you'll be willing to go and look at your story, look at your convictions, your point of view. I'm also asking the fact that you'll be willing to maybe see God's story and how he is revealing himself to you as a Christian or a non-Christian. That maybe He might want to just get get to know him a little bit more. And the last thing is this, that you'll be willing to go and maybe build a new story with him, taking a leap of faith. You know, the ultimate revelation really is Jesus Christ. And if you can get to know him, you can know hope. You know, while well, we take time to pray, but as we do that, you know, I'm asking you, would you be willing to take a leap of faith with God today? That you'd be willing to, if you're not a believer, be willing to say, I'd be willing to go and take a leap and maybe trust God a little bit more and receive him in my life. If you're already a Christian and maybe you're going through some frustrations and doubts, maybe take a leap of faith with him and allow him to reveal himself to you. So why don't we pray? So Lord, God, I just thank you, Father, for this time. I thank you for the opportunities we have to get to know you and maybe even trust you and receive you in our life. And for those of us maybe who don't know you yet, you know what? We just say, dear God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the fact that he had died on the cross for my sins. I know that during this time I really need help and I really need hope. So show yourself to us. Help us to be the kinds of people that you want us to be. And I receive you as my Savior and as my Lord. Direct my steps. We thank you again. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen.